Welcome to Embracing Abundant Life Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Avis Sparks. Thank you for joining us. I pray that something shared blesses you and encourages you in your walk with Christ. Join me as I speak with this week's guest. Hello, everyone. Thank you so very much for joining us for this episode of Embracing Abundant Life. Today, we have with us Nisi Hill. She's a co-pastor of the Agape Church in Laurel, Mississippi, and she also is the director of the Laurel Farmers Market. Thank you so very much for joining us today, Nisi. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. I'm very um, humbled, really, to be asked to be part of your podcast. Yes, uh, just from just your life and your experiences, there's a lot of things that I know that you manage as a, a wife and a mother of four and co-pastoring and all of this. And I just wanted to talk with you about faith and stewardship, just actually managing all the blessings that God places in our life. But before I go and we go into this, can you tell us just a little bit about yourself and, and um, the things that you like on the daily have to manage and go about doing? Sure. Well, um, yeah, I'll introduce myself. My name is Anicia Hill. Um, everyone calls me Anisi. And uh, I was raised in the Central Coast area of California, a little town called San Luis Obispo. Well, actually, Morro Bay, because nobody knows Morro Bay. So I say San Luis Obispo. Um, I was raised there, went to school, uh, have four siblings, and my parents were educators. My dad worked as a um, counselor for students at the California State Polytechnic University, also known as Cal Poly. And so I, I say that because my parents really were the examples of what it was, okay. what it is to be servants. Um, they both, my mom was a social worker for the um, county um, uh, welfare um, CPS and mm -hmm. eligibility worker for many years. And over the course of growing up in their household, it was just very clear that we are people that serve. And so um, that had a big impact on, you know, yeah. just kind of my life um, moving forward. So in 2000, I married my husband, uh, Dr. James Johnson Hill, and uh, we settled in California for our first 10 years. And we would travel to Laurel, Mississippi uh, to visit his grandmother. And it was on one of these trips as we were driving back, I really felt the Lord had impressed upon my heart um, that my husband and I um, were going to start a work. We had talked about starting a work, but, you know, at that time we were, we were just newlywed and um, my husband was an associate pastor. And so, uh, but really he would confess or say that he was he felt it as well but wasn't sure how I felt about it and so when I kind of brought it up it kind of gave him permission to that for that okay. dream to kind of take root and so I'm excited or I'm I'm you know I can brag a little bit on that because it was something that the Lord placed on my heart because we feel that as as a husband and wife and pastoring together that he calls us both and he called us both to Laurel, Mississippi. And so just a little bit about that. Um, as, as Dr. Sparks said, I have four children, Samuel 17, Micah 15, Ezekiel's 14, and Gabriel, he's six. And so as, mm -hmm. as with any um, household with four students, uh, four children that are in school, it's going to be a day um, 
no days the same. <laughs> yes. So we have everything from, you know, uh, technology issues and, and, and all of our students, all of our children are home schooling. So we have a little small um, area for our kids to have to work and do their schooling as mm -hmm. well as trying to keep them engaged and be active. And so um, everybody's schedules are different. They're in three different schools. So curriculum and, and expectations are different uh, for each child. So there's that. Mm -hmm. uh, then you have the day-to-day. -day. I also am the administrative pastor for Agape Church. And so that entails a lot of the, the bookkeeping and, and, and church management. Um, the organization of the church that uh, is is my skill set so to be able to help uh, my husband with the vision and see that through and, and organizing volunteers as well as our serve teams and mm -hmm. um, just those types of things, um, the day-to-day -day business of church. And then you kind of get into just, um, <laughs> you know, just being active and staying healthy and doing all those things that you need to do to be healthy, not just physically, but mentally, spiritually, all those things come into play. And um, if you said, what's your secret? I would just have to say, I mean, it's no doubt it's the Lord that has okay. in, and just given me um, grace to be able to manage it. I can't say that all times it's, it's in balance, but I believe that um, he's definitely equipped me um, in the past 20 years to take it on. And I, I'm a firm believer that he doesn't give you more than you can bear. So, and you touched on so many different things. It's just, just showing us just that stewardship is not just my job. It's not, that's not the only thing I'm a steward of. There's, so many different parts of our life that we're to manage and not to manage in the sense of always just a duty, but something that we're to take care of, something that we're to nurture. And, and so we have family, we have jobs, we have other relationships, we have ourselves to take care of. And all of these things are blessings. And, and we have to, as you said, look to God for the grace so that we can actually do it. And yes, yeah. we do sometimes don't, we don't pull as much as we need to from when we, and, and we do fail. I mean, that's life. Sometimes we do make mistakes. And especially like when you're talking about with the transition and having all the children home and trying to homeschool them, it's like things change. And so you have that period of just trying to reorganize and re get creative even and rethink how am I supposed to do it in this setting how am I supposed to manage and take care I'm gonna use I'm gonna change the word for manage just so people don't look at it as a duty but how am I supposed to take care and nurture the blessings that God has given me and so yeah. thank you so much for just taking us down there to say life is complex it's a lot out there but God gives us the grace to manage it all if we look to him and another thing you're talking about, just that drastic move uh, from California to Mississippi. And it's, it's nice to have that confirmation. Like you all confirmed each other. Y'all confirmed the vision or that, that, that thought that, okay, this is the next thing for us. And so when transitioning into something big like that, um, was it more of, for you all, was it just like, okay, let's get together, we seek God? Or did you all go for outside counsel and guidance on trying to, to do that? Yeah, well, we actually, at first I would say that we were just kind of stepping out of the boat onto the water. But um, I, I believe in that God 
you know, Jesus was there to show us um, the next step and beyond that. And so we ended up getting connected with an organization called the Association of Related Churches. Um, and they're basically just a church planting organization. They um, aren't any denomination. They don't necessarily, um, they, they believe that the vision is, is holy, but the mm -hmm. method is not holy. So you have church pastors from different denominations that are launching that just need mm -hmm. um, some systems to be able to be successfully, you know, to, to do church successfully. We you know, I, I'm sure you all are familiar with the home school, uh, home home church, maybe 12 or 13 folks in a living room. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. We do believe that, you know, people need to be connected. But what has been taught over or what we've learned over the process is that new believers, you know, people coming to know Jesus for the first time are doing it in new churches. It's, okay. it's just something about I think there's a little bit of church hurt in that. And there's a little bit about, you know, just safety and feeling like maybe they can use their gift in a new church, um, you know, feeling like there's a place for them to be used. And so they kind of helped us learn the ins and outs of how to do a, a, a Sunday, a Sunday morning worship experience, as well as, you know, how to keep books, how to do things legal, how to make sure that, yes. you know, um, we are healthy as pastors that included a marriage assessment to make sure that our marriage was solid enough to be mm -hmm. able to handle a transition. Um, many of the pastors and things that we were, you know, launched with in that group, kind of a class kind of thing, um, weren't making such a, a distance change. You know, they were maybe oh, okay. planning a, a church um, in their community, uh, maybe 15, 20 miles away. So they're familiar. They had the support that, that they might have. With them. Yeah, definitely. Support. We had to trust, again, moving from Mississippi to Cal uh, from California to Mississippi, God just um, allowed people to get the vision and get on board. So we had a number of young um recent college graduates, um, make that transition with us, including my husband's mom. And, uh, yeah, it was like 12 of us, five <laughs> trucks and two moving vans journeying across I-40 and I-20 until we reached Mississippi. And then it was kind of a culmination of like, what do we do? How did we get here? <laughs> it's just like, what's the next step? We have to, we didn't know anybody other than James's grandmother. And so we had to get busy and God made those, uh, those divine appointments for us to meet with different people. And, you know, we created what we call our, our uh, launch team. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we, we journeyed into town in January and we had our first preview service in March. And so definitely that transition, my kids at the time, we had three, um, where all three of them were under the age of six. And so, mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, that was a, a big transition with not all the support that I was used to um, from where my area is. All my family lives there. And so I had, you know, numerous babysitters and that just wasn't <laughs> what transpired. Yes, so, you yes. know, you had to know and I had to trust God. And the, the thing that we always go back to, no matter what, is that God called us here. Mm -hmm. So even when things get hard and they will get hard, anytime you're doing something that you're stepping outside of your own ability and trusting God fully, there's going to come a time where maybe you feel like, eh, did I really hear from God? Mm -hmm. um, and that's that time where you trust the call and um, adversity has happened. I'm happy to talk about it. Actually, I'm not, but <laughs> I'm willing to talk about it. Um, 
there's there has been some tests along the way but that call has not changed and that mm-hmm. call has propelled us to do the things that we're able to do or have done over the last 10 years, 11 years. A Spark Ministries is sponsoring a giveaway for the month of February. We want to hear from you. We want to hear your testimonies, your God moments where you were encouraged and inspired to look to God and invite him right where you were. To participate, just post your testimonies on your social media page and hashtag Ignite a Spark Giveaway or hashtag A Spark Ministries. If you're not on social media, email your participation to avis at asparkministries.com. To find out more information, go to asparkministries.com. We look forward to reading your testimonies and being inspired by how God has inspired you. On this journey, you you know, you're talking about this journey and it started with the vision, right? It started with the call and this passion for something. But after, after having this, you talked about all these things that needed to come alongside to make it happen and trusting God to provide those things. And a, a number of people, um, they, they see a vision, they have that, but it's hard for them to take that next step and broaden themselves to receive that assistance, that help, that, that knowledge, that wisdom of experience from others. What for you, what, how, what level or how much would you contribute to just other people coming alongside that vision? What difference did that make for you all? Well, the, the vision to be, believe it or not, you know, we live in a community that is, um, diverse as far as demographics, but our churches don't reflect that. Mm -hmm. And so the vision, which was on my heart, as well as my, it was on my husband's heart. It definitely was on my heart was, you know, really to have a multicultural church in the deep South. And at the time you say those words, it doesn't sound like a big deal from California because we have that. Mm -hmm. Um, We have, you know, Hispanics and blacks and whites, and it's more of a divide maybe along socioeconomic lines as, as opposed to racial lines. But here it's very clear. It's very evident. There's still some racial division. Mm-hmm. And so um, that was important. I'm of mixed race heritage. My mother's Hispanic. My dad's African-American. I call my family United Nations. We have Filipino, we have Caucasian, we have, you know, <laughs> Pacific Islanders. We just have it all in our family. And so mm-hmm. that was always important to me. And I believe that God prepared me even unbeknownst to me because I was the first black female to graduate from my high school. And then I went all the way to Atlanta to attend a historical black college for women. And so there was just this very diverse background that God allowed to use to be able to do what we're doing. And my husband, likewise, he, you know, was raised in St. Louis. His parents, unfortunately, were divorced uh, when he was a teenager. He moved out to California, again, not knowing anybody, trusting. He knew it's, 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 he had a family member that allowed them to stay with him for a bit. And his faith journey really started there. And so he, he uh, grew up Baptist, but went to Methodist school and, and eventually went to Lutheran school. So there was just this you can, yes. You, know, you, you, you wonder, so, you wonder about yeah, the path, but, but it prepares yeah, so it really you for the diversity. Us to kind of open our hearts to those things, to just mm-hmm. be open to um, being good stewards of where mm-hmm. people are coming from. Um, every perspective, every kind of um, just be open because I think, you know, God's gift makes room for people. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes that's not as evident, unfortunately, in the church. <laughs> Sounds bad, but we really want to see people 
uh, use their gifts because, mm-hmm. you know, not everybody can be, you know, flashy and be maybe, you know, the, the eyebrows or whatever, <laughs> you know, I said, I, I, I kind of, I kind of joked on it actually this Sunday when i talked with our kids, I said, somebody has to be the pinky toe, you know, yeah. um, but you try walking without a pinky toe, you know, yeah. that becomes really evident how important that, that to have that balance is. And so, um, so we really wanted to pursue using people. We brought young people that were good in uh, carpentry and, um, software technicians and photography and um, I have a background in early childhood education and so all those gifts apply to be able to make that transition something and I believe I know that God orchestrated all of that. Mm -hmm. So if people they bring diversity but they also bring their skills and their talents and they're all needed to support the vision to to make that thing happen and it's beautiful like you said when we um lend ourselves to being used of God and then receiving what he has, he'll put it all there for us. You know, you don't know why you talked to this person or, or did this thing, but at the end you see what, what he was building. And it's that, that, you know, force, you, we never, sometimes we don't have that foresight, but when you back, you know, once it's passed and you're like, okay, I see what God was doing. That's pretty awesome. Rather. And it might've been a struggle. As you said, there are struggles that come with building a vision and, and managing, but with God there, you are you are doing something that's going to be great. Um, one of my questions is when um, you're looking for guidance, when you're looking for people to come alongside with you to do something, to nurture, to build, what are some of the things that you look for? Well, there's, there's to me, it's almost like a two-part question, you know. Um, for me, I would love to have, you know, a lot of musicians maybe or something like that. I'm just saying there's things that yes, I personally yes. felt like I thought were important. Mm-hmm. Um, but we food, we soon found out that you can't have a ministry without a minister. Basically, mm-hmm. you can't have a ministry or have vision for a ministry without someone who's going to lead it. Mm-hmm. And we found out really soon that we couldn't be everything. Mm-hmm. We couldn't do all the roles. We would have, we would have been overwhelmed. Uh, we had, unfortunately, uh, uh, we learned early on, I would say it was one of our, our failures that we learned from, um, mm-hmm. but we were really trying to get in the community, even at the beginning, before even having a, a church home, uh, we, we launched a ministry um, at, our clo- at our nearby junior college uh, because my husband had come from being a college pastor and we had a lot of young people. We thought, hey, this is this should be easy. You know, we can connect, mm-hmm. maybe get some young people that might want to come on board and 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 God can use them. And um, that just did that that puttered out. And it almost took it took our uh, main focus of, of, of getting that church launched okay. into something that wasn't what God called us here first. Is that, if that you, makes you sense. kind of went back to what you knew rather than trying to actually work on the vision that he gave you, exactly. you sounded that, that fail safe. I'm, I can make this happen, but, right. but God was like, no, I have something else that you're supposed to be working on. Yeah. He has a new work, you know? Um, and that's, that has been probably my testimony. You know, I've, I've always wanted to play piano and be able to be that church, you know, that, that, that pastor's wife that, you know, could sing and play from the piano. And he just did not, I didn't get that gift. And so, uh, so you know, it, or, or be able to speak, you know, I, I, I've hesitated being in front of people. I felt like my gift has been connecting with women 
one-on-one or in smaller groups, but Mm -hmm. I felt that as I've allowed God to use the gift that he's placed in me um, and use it more often than uh, there's been a, there's been a blessing on it to not just, you know, feel, do what's comfortable, but allow God to expand that because he has more than even what we say we can give ourselves mm-hmm. like that. We know we're comfortable and I can always fall back into, you know, this, but yeah, that's definitely a big part of it is, is knowing that sometimes we don't, we want to limit what God's potential is in our own lives or what mm-hmm. he has called us to do. You know, if we had just stayed, you know, a, um, uh, matter of fact, we had an opportunity to stay where we were in California and, and just launch a work there. But it was just God's, you know, just being obedient okay, um, and trusting that he knows what he's doing and staying in that will. And that just really came from just a lot of um, just listening and, 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 and trusting. (laughs) There's really no other way to say it, you know, and then God brought the people that needed to come. He brought the gifts. He said, Hey, you know, this person plays the guitar. This person, you know, um, can help, you know, set up the sound system. This person, you know, knows a little bit about, you know, we were building, we, we gotten into a, a, an old building that needed a lot of renovation. Mm -hmm. They brought two young people that had a construction degree, construction management degrees and, you know, put them to work, um, and saved us, you know, thousands of dollars to be able to use them and, and give them work experience at the same time. (laughs) You know, here they are fresh out of college and they were trusting God too, because we couldn't pay them what they were worth. I mean, we had literally, you know, college degree, uh, young people that trusted God with their next step. And they gave us two years of their lives. They poured into this ministry and got it off the ground. I, we are forever grateful to them, but, but that was all part of it. Because when we said, do you think anybody would move with us mm-hmm. to Mississippi in our own <laughs> thoughts? <laughs> yes. We thought, no, because I wouldn't do it. You know, <laughs> why would I do that? And, mm-hmm. and yet God, he just asked us to, to ask, to ask the question and allow him to work through them in their hearts to say, yes, I want to be part of what's going on. And, and they came. In life, we face many struggles, pains, and disappointments. But because of Christ, we are not without hope. Healing the body of Christ, embracing abundant life, was written not only to answer the question, why we as the body of Christ need healing, but to walk us through what Christ has given us so that we can be well, whole, and victorious. If you have yet to purchase your copy of Healing the Body of Christ, please do so today by going to asparkministries.com forward slash shop. While there, you will also find a selection of inspirational t-shirts for purchase that proclaim our faith in Christ, our dependence on His grace, and our determination to make an impact on the world around us. And I think just all that you're saying is just a testimony to your faith and what a difference faith in God to provide makes for a vision. And um, like I say, it's just miraculous what he will do if you just open yourself up to receive it. When we're when we're building and, and we're trying to make something happen and we're trying to do the best we can, when we're met with failure, you know, well, maybe if we, maybe sometimes we do take the wrong path and we try to do our thing or just when we're, that growth, those steps of growth don't meet up like we want them to. How do we keep ourselves moving forward to, to establishing that vision, to making that thing um, yeah, as we saw God vision, called us to do? The, the vision, 
the vision, like we said, the vision's holy. I don't think that changes. I think there's different methods to how that vision gets accomplished. Mm -hmm. And so we committed early on. Again, it really helped to go through some training. Um, but we would try to evaluate what we are doing on a yearly basis because, you know, you can have uh, uh, something that works this year and you know what? COVID happens and you can't do the same thing that you were doing last year. You have to be able to see what works to accomplish that vision that God's given you, right? So, you know, we have a reevaluation and we say, you know what? The vision's holy, the method's not holy. So in, let me give you an example. If we are doing small groups and we believe small groups are important, mm -hmm. uh, life groups or connect groups, however you call them, because we know that ministry happens when someone knows, you know, the, one of the big things moving from California to the South, I didn't, I didn't fully realize or understand the importance of, you know, a, a potluck. <laughs> um, we had a small group and people were bringing food. I'm like, wait, this, this is a, this is just, you know, Bible study. And they're like, oh no, we, we got, we, I brought pie. Who's bringing, I was like, oh, okay. So this is part of community. And so, you know, uh, we moved forward doing this. So small groups was the vision. We wanted to make sure that people could connect with one another mm -hmm. and they weren't doing that. Um, so we said, well, what could we do to help foster that? Because we're telling them they, they need to be part of it. Because if, if someone's getting sick and we aren't, the pastors aren't hearing about it because, you know, they don't call the pastor, they may, mm -hmm. they may tell so-and-so, but they weren't communicating directly with us. There could be a, a, an opportunity for offense if, because yes. we live in a different culture that expects the pastor to do a lot of the ministry. Mm -hmm. We, we really started to say, you know what? small groups is, is the way that things are going to get, uh, are, are, people are going to be able to connect and be healthy and grow in, in their relationship with God, because a, a small group leader can find out, Hey, so-and-so is having a baby. So-and-so is, you mm -hmm. know, um, maybe not doing well in their job, or they need, they're really, you know, um, have, struggling with their children and parenting, all that. And those small group leaders, mm -hmm. you know, can, can connect or talk to, you know, leadership. So then that way we have that covering, you know? Um, yes. And so that was, so what we ended up doing honestly was we bought an entire building to be able to facilitate small groups mm -hmm. because those weren't happening. We don't have like a Starbucks in our town. I know that sounds mm -hmm. crazy. And um, our, our, our uh, coffee shops didn't necessarily stay open later in the evening. Now some are, so I don't want to say like, we have some yeah. great, amazing coffee shops in Laurel, Mississippi. I don't want to get in trouble. We have several <laughs> that that own owners attend our church as well. So, shout out to them. But uh, uh, but so what we did was we said, hey, uh, and our church is a very transition, um, you know, a commuter type church. People aren't necessarily in town; they're all over the county. Mm -hmm. And so somebody may not feel comfortable driving 15, 20 minutes to a more rural area a town um, or a different town altogether. So we, we bought a facility and we made small group rooms, intentionally mm -hmm. made rooms so people could say there to remove that excuse of, well, I have nowhere I could do it. I know God's calling me to do this, mm -hmm. but I, we don't have a place to do it. I don't feel comfortable, you know, opening up my living room or having to clean up and vacuum and, you know, yes. uh, put, put things away. So 
you know, God allowed us to get a, a great building not too far from our main campus church and uh, provide those those resources to people. And they have been used to the utmost. Matter of fact, <laughs> we tell them like, hey, you guys need to make those little those groups smaller because our, our, our rooms aren't growing. But the potential for them and the potential for people to see that those are available to them when they need them Monday through, through Sunday has been uh, one of the reasons why our small groups have grown. So mm-hmm. yeah, the vision does, the vision is, this, the vision is holy, but the method is not. If, and if that changed like it did this year and we had to do online, guess what? We looked at online. What sort of resources can we provide our church members to be able to, you know, still do small groups? And that was uh, right now media and Zoom and, and more training on how to use these tools because yes. it didn't, just because something changed did not change the vision that God called us. And that was to help people connect. So you have to have a sort of flexibility and then allow for growth and creativity to help to continue the vision. And a lot of, um, I'm actually reading this uh, book It's called the autopsy of a dead church. And it's just kind of lines certain things. And it's one of the things that kind of gets, uh, and I'm going to say even us stuck as as people as we don't want to do something different. We liked what we were doing. It it catered to uh, our sensibilities. And so we don't move and we don't grow and we don't, don't learn anything new. So then what, you know, death starts to set in. And so it's good to know that there, if God's, you said that vision is holy, God has given it to you. So that means if he's given it to you to do, he's going to give you what you need to get it done. And sometimes it takes moving from where you are to somewhere else to see exactly how to get it done. And so thank you for sharing that. This flexibility is important with management and, and growth. We are going to take a quick break and we will be right back with our guests after this. Live so that you are righteously proud to tag Jesus' name to the post of your everyday life. If you would like to receive inspirational quotes like this and weekly devotionals, subscribe by going to asparkministries.com forward slash blog. When we look at our commitments, you know, all the things that God has given us, uh, when for you, do you all have um, like some type of mentorship or or somebody who who you can speak to? You know, you and your husband, y'all talk and I'm sure. But do you all have someone that you all speak to to help you and guide you or just nothing else? It's a wall to talk to. And as you try to continue to to create vision and and walk in your calling. Yeah. You know, I think that's such a great question, actually, because, you know, I don't claim to know everything. I don't claim to know, you know, um, what's coming around the corner, but there's some some great churches that uh, through, through ARC, we were able to get connected with that are just, you know, uh, 10, five, 10 years ahead of where we are. So when we first started, we, we reached out, we said, you know, <laughs> We want to know what it took to get where you are. And mm-hmm. if you wouldn't mind, we would love to, you know, we, we've had, we've had vacations together. We, you know, um, driven to each other's towns and we have, we have two sets of pastor friends that are, are really um, encouragers and, and they speak into our lives. Um, uh, pastor uh, Craig and Patty Wendell of South Haven, well, South Point Church in South Haven, Mississippi and pastors Hal and Sandra Hardy in Cumming, Georgia. Um, and we would actually, 
um, we met doing marriage assessments um, okay. for the ARC for incoming pastors. And we just hit it off. We just really felt connected. We felt that, you know, and they have been, they were church plants 33 and 34 and we are <laughs> church plant 155. So oh, okay. um, we, we just, we really connected with them. We, we said, Hey, we need, we need to know how you did that. We need to, they're healthy marriages. We saw that they had families that, uh, and and both of them had an adopted child in their family as we do. And so there was just some similarities. And so when we find ourselves um, stumped or, you know, uh, we had anything from a, a um, an employee change that came all of a sudden or um, how to do something, you know, technology wise that maybe, mm-hmm. you know, that someone who's been down that path has done, they have been great mentors to us. Um, spiritual, spiritual, you know, sisters and brothers in Christ that, um, that we rely on, that we trust. And so mm-hmm. um, that has been something that, you know, we are held accountable to. Mm-hmm. We find that that's something when it's nurtured has been an excellent resource that, you know, we just didn't think of that, hmm, you know, and it would, they're like, oh yeah, you, you could do this, this. And so that has been such an encouragement. And, and when things haven't gone the way that we planned, you know, they've also gone through that too. Mm-hmm. And uh, so being able to uh, have people that um, know the ins and outs of, of church leadership, because again, you know, it's not that, that things are going necessarily wrong, but you know, we, we have to have trusted um, friends, mentors, mm-hmm. leaders in your life, spiritual fathers, spiritual mothers uh, to help because you could get, you could sometimes get a little off course if, if you don't have that balance, I think. And even, even my husband and I, we've been married 20 years. Um, they've been married more years than we have. So mm-hmm. if it works, if it's successful, you know, why not glean, you know, there's no yes. reason to recreate the wheel, I think. <laughs> yeah. And it's easy. By having someone like that, you said they provide accountability. You know, what what is it that are you doing what you're supposed to be doing first thing? They provide oh, yeah. um, just wisdom. I've I've done it. I've been here. These are some of the things, how things can go wrong. These are how things can get better. These are how things um, may work for you. And and nothing else. They, they can also provide just that support and, and friendship. And so it's, it's nice to... Not just, yes, we shouldn't just cling to everybody. We should ask God for those, because those are very significant relationships. And so we should be prayerful about them, but we should seek them. We shouldn't... all together, just be like, okay, I we can, I can do this, you know, and just God gave it to me. I'm supposed to do it. We'll figure it out. Um, we we were built as for community. We were built um, to, as he said, the body of Christ. We're all supposed to be working together. So let's not isolate ourselves just because God gave us a vision. It doesn't mean that it was only for us, you know. Just because He gave us that calling doesn't mean that He didn't mean for other people to come alongside us and to help us with it. And well, as you uh, were talking, I was thinking about this one instance. It was this um, guy. He was actually a college minister, and um, he was getting ready for you know one of those Bible studies. And he was just he started venting. He was just like these you know college students. They don't show up on time. He was just, and I was like, and I let him vent a little bit. And then I was like, if they didn't show up who would you be ministering to, you know? And it's so like, sometimes we get so caught up on what we're supposed to be doing. We forget why we're doing it. 
and right. we're doing it for people. You know, God gave us the vision. He gave us the gift. He gave us the resources for people. And yes, people, they may not show up on time and they might not do exactly things how we want them to do, but it's for them. And so we shouldn't exclude them <laughs> from the plan. We shouldn't exclude them from our thoughts. And we shouldn't get to the place where we're so frustrated with them, where we, we put a negative stamp on them because they're valuable. And we have to see the value of um, those individuals, where they are in mentorship positions or people we're just serving. Um, it's value in all of it. And uh, we shouldn't devalue any of it. Um, before we close... <laughs> Um, this talk, I mean, we could talk, hey, I'm having fun. I just don't want to um, hold you too long. Um, um, when you, we find ourselves kind of leaning heavily towards agenda over people, what is the thing, what are, how can we avoid it? I guess would be one question. Or when we get on that track, how do we get ourselves out of that rut of just let's do, let's do, let's do, and not think, okay, the people, or, you know, beyond the, you know, beyond that. I've, I've, I've found, you know, let me, let me use the, um, I have never really been good at, at resting and, and not like I don't sleep or, or my personal rest time. I, I can, I can veg out no problem, but I mean, when given something to do and, and then accomplishing it, I think there's been an emphasis, and I told somebody this recently, to celebrate a win. Mm -hmm. um, and by that, what I mean is you have a group of people that believed enough in that vision to come alongside you. And then when it, something's accomplished, we have to celebrate those things. We have to celebrate those their their um, their way, their commitment to see it through. Mm -hmm. um, whether or not it was as big, uh, if that's an attendance thing or, you know, um, I, I don't know if, 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 you know, maybe you thought of something, it'd be bigger, whatever. Um, we celebrate the win because that tells people that they're appreciated. There's mm -hmm. nothing we've, there's nothing else. If, if there's nothing else we've learned, it's that we try to celebrate people even in their, their, their baby steps, mm -hmm. because that, you know, that encouragement goes a long way. There's a, there is a, a, unfortunately, a lot of hurt from, um, from, from people's past with, with, with ministry. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we can give, give grace to, to everybody. When it comes to the church, it's like zero grace, you know, they better get it right or I'm going somewhere else. And, um, you know, that's, that's, that's dealing with people. But I think big part, big, big thing that we've learned is how to celebrate people um, that helps because it's hard to, to get down and frustrated and annoyed with people you're celebrating. You try giving <laughs> okay. somebody a, a, you know, <laughs> we do that with a, we, we do a serve team breakfast, you know, once mm -hmm. a month, um, pre COVID, we would do a quarterly, um, celebrations of our serve team. Every serve team would be, you know, um, uh, noticed and, and, and given, um, you know, merch and something that just said, thank you. Because, we could not do it without people. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, although attitudes have changed, some people's hearts may not be in it. Um, one of the things I learned from my mentors in transitioning, because you're dealing with people, is when people are for you, you can't make them leave. And when they're okay. not for you, you can't make them stay. Mm -hmm. And so if you get in a place where people are having bad attitudes and don't want to really show up because I don't really want to do it anymore, um, 
that was that's just something that you have to understand about about church life, about dealing with people because they are going to fluctuate. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it's a matter of just they're growing out of their out out of their position that they're in, and they're ready for more responsibility. And we as leaders have to recognize that and make room for that and not see it as a threat to, you know, uh, our, our kingdom, so to speak. Mm. Uh, there's plenty of work to do, you know, uh, harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. So, you know, Hey, if, if, if being a part of our ministry gets you to a place where maybe we don't know that, that may be that stepping stone for somebody to be healthy enough to, to, to launch out and, and, and start their own Bible study or, who knows, starts their own church. But that has to be a place where as leaders, we have to be healthy enough to see that God grows. Anything that's healthy grows yes, and changes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, that has been something that in the past 10 years, and again, I, I don't always do it perfect, but I can re- I can rely on, on people being people mm-hmm. and um, trying to do our best to convey how much they are appreciated and, you know, deal with things as they come up on a leadership level and maybe sometimes reevaluate responsibilities, maybe we offered responsibility too soon. Those are things we can do as leaders, but never try to, you know, make someone feel unappreciated. And so I think that's been a big part of being a steward of people. Yes. Just actually not just seeing what's going on, but why is it going on? Why is there this, this mentality or this attitude and, and, and seeking out how to help if it's your place to help. And if it's not, like you said, there, there, there's a time for growth. There's a time for change. There's a time sometime for some people to branch out and with wisdom. And I, I thank you because sometimes you, you don't see that in all leadership positions, not, not just the church, just businesses. Um, we can see sometimes we can, um, you see in businesses, people pigeonholing people from promotions and, and um, just branching out. And it's like they, you can see such potential in people. And then it's like you, and all you can hear them do is gripe because this person is not letting them. And, yeah. and I, I know I said we're going to end it, but just one, one more statement. Sure. I um, mean, you can expound on it. There was this, uh, he was actually a businessman and he was talking about how he would have these ideas, you know, for him, they were awesome ideas and he would put it before the, the you know, the partners or whatever. And, you know, he'll have this big PowerPoint and he's ready, you know, this 30 minute PowerPoint. And, you know, by the end of the meeting, I was like, oh, well, maybe you can, you know, share it next time. And, you know, he spent all this time on these presentations and all this other stuff. And it was always next time, you know, and he said at first he got, you know, pretty bitter about that, (laughs) you know, but then he had to see that um, once he once he started getting up, he had to see that sometimes leadership sees more than what you see. And so when they see more than what you see, sometimes they know that what you're trying to work on is not for now. And so even though he had good ideas and even eventually he did was able to implement those ideas for the company, it just wasn't time because they had all these other things going on. So even as people not saying that's the case all the time, some people are just trying to hold you back, but you have to look (laughs) at God for wisdom on those instances. So sometimes there are waiting periods. And then he, and another statement he made was that he had, you know, ideas he thought were so great. He was like, when he, 
you know, a little while later when he was actual time to do something, he was like, these are not so great, you know, because it was like he he grew, you know. And so even though he was able to use them, he was able to that time allowed him to better the vision, better that that project, better that thing that he thought was, you know, awesome. But he it, it was room for growth, basically. And sometimes yeah. we don't see that room for growth simply because we have something and we just want to offer what we have and we don't see the the development that needs to go about with it. Ace Park Ministries is sponsoring a giveaway for the month of February. We want to hear from you. We want to hear your testimonies, your God moments where you were encouraged and inspired to look to God and invite him right where you were. To participate, just post your testimonies on your social media page and hashtag Ignite a Spark Giveaway or hashtag a Spark Ministries. If you're not on social media, email your participation to avis at asparkministries.com. To find out more information, go to asparkministries.com. We look forward to reading your testimonies and being inspired by how God has inspired you. And uh, But with that being said, um, in, in your uh, position as manager of, of people and, and um, even in your household with children, oh my goodness, yeah. <laughs> when they yeah. think, oh, I can do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, how say, do you do it? Uh-huh. I'm listening. We say we don't pro- we don't promote potential. Yeah. My son, my six-year-old has the potential to be a very smart engineer one day, but he's not in a place that he can handle that type of responsibility. So we don't promote potential. Mm-hmm. We promote character and maturity. Mm-hmm. And I, I can I can use that in my household. I can use that uh, with my, my servant leaders or volunteers and things like that because there's nothing, uh, because character is going to keep you there. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. can get, promote somebody and put them in front on the platform and they are ministering and they are not their heart, their, their lives aren't together or they're not in a place to be to minister out. And, and that can cause more problems than seeing somebody who's gifted, um, you know, just singing a song, you know, that's Mm -hmm. not going to do at least in church business, what, what we need to to be done. We need somebody who can handle the weight of ministry. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it's been, probably over the course of being married to my husband, because my husband is a very high level thinker. I'm probably for years was called the dream killer, which at first hurt my heart. <laughs> I don't, I don't think I'm a dream killer, but I'm probably more of the, the realist and, just like... and the order. How are we going to do this? Because you'd be like, yeah, we're going to do this. And there's going to be a balloon in the sky and it's going to pop. I'm like, wait a minute where are we getting the balloon? You know, so it's like, wow, you're, you're killing my dreams. I'm like, okay. So, uh, I think there's balance. I've learned to, to, to fly at 35,000 feet and I've learned to see, you know, um, the, the lower, you know, the ascent and descent kind of things. And so that's been a good coupling with my husband. We just be able to work with each other, um, mm-hmm. on our strengths. And so like, <laughs> so I hope that, I hope that makes sense. I, yes, I do it's, it's, it's seeing that, that is important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, <laughs> like, I think you said something that's just paramount is that, yes, we all have potential and it's great. That potential is great. But we shouldn't promote people just because we have potential. We should we should foster potential, but we actually put people in position and places because they have the character and the principles to actually carry the weight of that position and to stay in that position and do what they need to actually do and function, not just in that position, but in life. And right. so that that is very important to see. Yes, don't I'm mean, not shooing away potential. Potential is awesome. He's giving it yeah. to us all. And he get, he's giving it to us for a reason. It's something beautiful. 
but we need to take the time to actually develop ourselves so that that potential can come and become something awesome. It's not just the potential, but the actual being at the end of it. And we want you to get there. So let's foster yeah. the character and yeah. the principles and yeah. the right mentalities and attitudes. So thank yeah. you so we very much for sharing. To be, yeah. We want people to be at their full potential. And mm -hmm. if it takes them a little bit longer to get there, we want to encourage them as they get there mm -hmm. and, and tell them, hey, this is what we're seeing. And, you know, a mature person will say, oh, maybe I need to work on that. And, mm -hmm. and somebody who's not willing to hear it says, well, they just don't see the greatness in me or they don't see yet what I have. And, and that's never been really uh, one of the issues. We, we actually are good identifiers of, of God-given talent, but it's just like you said, the timing is not right. They hadn't matured enough. And, and, uh, but we want the, we want it would be amazing. Um, and lastly, I know I keep saying that lastly, <laughs> you know, the one thing that my husband said when we were, when we launched the church is, you know, um, we had great hearts, uh, people that brought talents, but the thing that would probably, I would say as a, as a, um, a suggestion, I guess, or a, a way of seeing it is we need people and we always will in a company in the workplace, in the marketplace, in a church, you need people who can lead people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that has been um, a gift mix that is, is, is well <laughs> sought after. Mm -hmm. um, as somebody who can assemble people and help them to see that they're important um, goes a long way because, you know, my husband led a choir he, and he didn't play an instrument. So, mm -hmm. you know, it, but he had the potential to encourage and get them, get the singers to do what they needed to do, got that out of them mm -hmm. um, because he learned how to lead people. And so those are things that I look for in, in, in building a team is, is who, who do I, who can I identify that has the potential to draw more people mm -hmm. um, and, and foster that <laughs> or just at the window. <laughs> Oh, okay. Oh, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> um, so like, that's awesome. Is is not, and I know we, we keep going, but it's just for me, I guess, because I've been, I've been reading so many different books, but yeah. that whole thing about leadership, um, and uh, I actually have it on my desk now about um, J. Oswald Sanders, spiritual leadership. And he was like, that's the thing. It's, Okay, everybody wants to be, not everybody, some people, I know, honestly, he said, usually the people who don't want to be leaders are the people who should be leaders because the the humility of it all. Um, and so that's some of the times those are the people God uh, brings into that position. But the other thing was that to be a leader, you have to be willing to put forth the work. It's not just, oh, it's a, a glorious position. He was like, no, the, the reason... In the in the scripture, um, being Paul being Paul wasn't easy. You know, he was being persecuted and and everything else. Being these being people of leadership is not an easy thing, especially in the church. You know, we can make it look glamorous if we want to, but there's a lot of weight to it. And so, if we want to be a good one, not I mean, not even in the church, but just a good leader, it's something yeah. that we should work at. And something that we should take the time and grow ourselves in. It's not, you don't just reach a plateau and say, I've made it. 
it's a thing about growing. And as you talked about the, the, the people that you look to for mentorship and, and accountability, they may be a little bit ahead of you, but they're continuing to travel. They didn't stop there, right? They may, right. So they're continuing to travel. They're continuing to move. And as you move, you pull up people. And as they move, they pull up people. Leadership is, uh, is like, if you're not going anywhere, where are you leading people to? And so we should always be trying to grow is, is, is just leaders of your home, leaders of your, whatever you're a leader of, you should always be trying to grow and be taking people somewhere. Um, thank you so very much for uh, joining me for this conversation. Thank you for your valuable experiences and, and your, um, and your wisdom, um, and your journey that, that you've taken. So thus far as you journey and continue to grow in your leadership and <laughs> doing awesome things for God, um, is there anything that you would, well, I've been doing this and I would like for you to do it. Um, what would be your prayer for those who are in positions? There's like, how am I to, how am I supposed to be managing and nurturing where I am? I may not be over a church. I may not be, have a business, but me for what the blessings God has placed in my life, in my hands, what would be your prayer for them when they're at a place where they're just struggling just to find direction on how to do it? My prayer is when you find yourself um, being frustrated, focus on the vineyard you're in. It's kind of a long, when you put the work into someone else's vineyard, I believe God blesses that. And he's going to give you what you need when it's time for you to have your own vineyard, sort of speak. And so I don't, um, I, I think seasons seasons are, are important to recognize. You know, um, when I moved from Mississippi, my children were small. I wanted to go alongside my husband and go out and reach, meet new people and invite them to church and get, be part of that team. But my season was being a mom first mm -hmm. and making sure that my kids transitioned well and they were healthy. And so I really wanted to, I poured myself into that vineyard of making sure my kids were safe mm -hmm. so they could accept the responsibility of ministry that was even going to be placed on them as, as now pastor's children. But so I would say to people, my prayer is for them to, to not um, see where they are as a negative, um, use that to... Uh, to, as experience for when they are going to be where ultimately God has them to be. Mm -hmm. uh, so that, that would be the main kind of prayer for people to, to, to see God, even in, you know, uh, even in, I don't know, what's the, a good word? Um, the un, the unsatisfying place, <laughs> I guess would be the, a good word. Yeah. Uh, Does that uh, make sense? Does that make sense? Uh, because it's not where you're going to always be, but mm -hmm. you can learn even when I was here and when I went through this, when I, you know, was, when I was just, you know, carrying, you know, uh, or cleaning the bathroom at the church. And I did that because I, 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 I've done every job. There's nothing in the mm -hmm. church that other than some of the technology stuff, but the heart of it was, there's nothing I would not do to mm -hmm. in the church. I'm not, I'm not above cleaning a toilet. I'm not above, you know, um, wiping up spit up from a baby in the, in the nursery. I'm not above those things. Mm -hmm. If God called me to pastor a church and he's and now he's called people to come alongside, to help that vision 
to, 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 to manifest, but, mm-hmm. uh, I don't forget those places. I don't, I don't forget small, humble beginnings, you know, because mm-hmm. <laughs> there were times where, and this was something I learned also from our, our, from, from our mentors is, you know, uh, those, those small beginnings, you know, we, we, we wanted to walk right into a big thriving ministry with, you know, hundreds of people, but I have, Honestly, I look back on those beginning years with just uh, gratitude and mm-hmm. humbleness and awe that he used even me. He used us because yes. yeah. we have learned. I mean, I look at some of those sermons that, that that were done back then. I look at the condition that we were, you know, uh, our building was in and, and mm-hmm. facility wise and just said, whoa, but God has taken, you know, he's been he's he's a lot of because we were able to be good stewards of what he's given us, he's blessed us abundantly. And so don't despise humble, small beginnings. Because mm-hmm. I believe when you put your all in everything all along the journey, that it, it's just in the end, it's going to be to your to your benefit. Thank you so very much uh, for joining us for this episode. Um, we will uh, have... Uh, uh, Pastor Nisi's information available to you all if you'd like to connect with her um, uh, through, via email or just check out their church website. But you all have a blessed day. Uh, talk to you later. We here at Ace Park Ministries trust that you were blessed by this episode of Embracing Abundant Life podcast. Take the opportunity to subscribe and share. I look forward to hearing from you. So contact me by emailing avis at aceparkministries.com and send me your prayer requests, your questions, your impressions, or your topic ideas. If you'd like to find other inspirational material or devotionals or videos, visit aceparkministries.com. Also, remember to follow us on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok. We are here to ignite a spark that inspires. We pray God's grace and wisdom walks you through this season.